With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. After celebrating the Christmas holidays, couple of birthdays, covering the Rose Bowl, Alabama getting that win over Notre Dame and kicking out 2020 to dip in the 2021, we're back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, on the hottest show on the streets, the number one form for Bama. Crimson Tide football news have been in. My own words with yours truly, your man, Stephen Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. Happy New Year to all of you guys as we are back rocking and rolling, talking Tide football. The show always brought to you by WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. That is WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and copy you. That four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, showing that support to Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, and the student-athletes as Alabama has this tradition of dominating, owning, winning the fourth quarter. We're bringing you the show from the new home of In My Own Words, Birmingham. We're in Birmingham now, the new home of In My Own Words coming to you from Birmingham. Now we're still getting this we're still getting the new spot fixed up and situated here, but we're bringing you your content here on your Crimson Tide. We're streaming this to you via YouTube. Speaking of a channel, go ahead right now, give a thumbs up, like the show, like the show up, give a thumbs up on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best in coverage, news, notes, alerts, and updates on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. Also, not only are we streaming this to you through YouTube, but we got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well. So all forms of social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, no excuse whatsoever for you not to be locked on to the number one form here for Crimson Tide football. Folks, we got a jam-packed, great show for you guys tonight. We got all the topics lined up for you. Got two outstanding guests. Going to have my man, Mac Herford, former Alabama wide receiver who played from 2016 to 2019, two-time SEC champion, 2017 college football playoff national champion he'll be on the show he's got a lot of great perspectives to dive into especially when it comes to one Steve Sarkeesian and why U.S. fans should not panic that Sark has taken the job for the Texas Longhorn so It'll be fun to talk to Mac Hereford. And then also we got Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA. He'll be coming on to talk recruiting here for the Crimson Tide. That's his 2021 class looking really, really good. And what might the magic number be to end the class in February? Some are saying 26, 27, 28. Could the number be 30? Remains to be seen. We'll get a chance to speak with Justin on that. And we want you, the fans, being a part of the show. 
And how you can be a part of the show, simply dial in that number, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. Once again, that number, 205-448-1358. And one more time for the little old lady in the back, that's 205-448-1358 to be a part here of the show. But we start tonight's festivities off. We start the first topic of conversation being, even though Steve Sarkeesian has accepted the head coaching job to the University of Texas, why this will not be a distraction for the Crimson Tide as Coach Saban and company preparing to try to win for national championship for the college football playoff on Monday of next week and taking on Ryan Day, Justin Fields, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And what's crazy here is I'm coming home from the Rose Bowl game. I'm coming home from Dallas. I'm thousands of feet in the air on the plane, uh, not used to flying. I'm more of a driving guy, but I'm getting adjusted to getting on the planes and and, and flying here. And uh, thousands of feet in the air. My phone is off. I'm not having any type of updates to what's going on. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Alabama took care of the Fighting Irish 31-14. to So my mindset has become, uh, let's get these stories, let's get content brewing on Alabama, Ohio State, right? So the moment my plane finally touches down in Birmingham at the airport, and my data comes back on, my phone comes back on. I'm getting all of these pieces of information about, about uh, Steve Sarkeesian accepting the job at Texas. Texas gets the golden boy. Long uh, Longhorns get their guy. Steve Sarkeesian to Texas. And I'm wondering, what the heck is going on? So I'm calling around to different sources, people I know that have the insight within the program, man. It ends up being true there. You know, Texas does get Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian does, you know, accept the head coaching role for the Longhorns after the program parted ways from uh, Tom Herman after his time with the program, that being four years there. So Steve Sarkeesian took the Texas job. However, he did mention in his opening statement about how committed he is to helping the University of Alabama finish this season strong, and by finishing strong, yes, finishing the season by capturing a national championship. So he has the professional savvy of uh, not wanting to disappoint Nick Saban, not wanting to let Coach Saban down. Coach Saban brought Sarkeesian into the program for a reason, and that reason was to get this group back to the college football playoff, get this group back to the national championship stage, and ultimately winning the CFP national title. So Sarkeesian mentioned in his opening statement as the new head coach for the Longhorns, though he is excited for the opportunity to be a head man, and though the people around him are excited for this chance, For Sarkeesian, it was, Coach Saban brought me here for a reason. Coach Saban brought me here for a purpose. Coach Saban brought me here for a goal. And that goal is to win a national championship. I am not going to disappoint Coach Saban. I'm going to stick around here. I am going to give 
the the game plan, the scheme, the strategy, ample attention, more than enough attention to to get this job done. So, so, so uh, Coach Sarkeesian not trying in any way, shape, or form to to not be focused because he knows this is the first time in his career that he's going to be able to be or contend or try to win a national championship as a primary coordinator, as a top assistant. The last time he was on the stage, you would have to go back to 2003 at the University of Southern California. He was a quarterback's coach then on that stage. Now he's a primary coordinator. He's a primary assistant. He, you know, he, he He's the top guy in Alabama, and he's got a chance to – finish off you know his tenure with the with the crimson tie holding or hoisting as i should say that that national championship and and, and also not just to not let coach saban down but for him to be able to prove to the to texas that they made the right decision the program made the right decision in hiring him as its head coach he is going to have the strongest keenest game plan in terms of being able to pick Ohio State apart, attack the weak areas, get the ball to the playmakers, as well as also open up the run game there for Najee Harris too. So Steve Sarkeesian, even though got the head coaching position for the Texas Longhorns, he is not going to have this uh, distract him uh, because he knows what's at stake right now. He knows this has a ch- this is the second time this can be the second team of the Saban era to go perfect, undefeated, untied, win a national championship. And he also knows that you know, Saban brought him here for this opportunity. So even though he got the head coaching opportunity, a head coaching job there for the Longhorns, I don't see this as a uh, distraction here for Coach Sark. But on top of that, I look at this 2017 signing class. This 2017 group that came in with so much responsibility, with so much expectation. This 2017 group that had six five-stars that signed in this class. This 2017 group that has accomplished so much in terms of individual accolades, in terms of recognition, in terms of honors. This 2017 class has brought in so much to the program. I look at this group. This is a hungry, hungry, hungry group, and they are not going to leave uh, this program without having that national championship. You, you, you look at guys like Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been through so much as a first-year starting quarterback that there is no way he leaves this program without that national championship. Najee Harris could have went pro after last year, decided to come back. There's no way Najee leaves without a national championship. Devontae Smith could have went pro after last year. He decided to come back, and his decision to come back really, you know, helped out Mac Jones a great deal. And there's no way Smitty leaves this program without a national championship. You can say the same thing about Alex Leatherwood, the same thing about even though Dylan Moses hasn't had the best year, you can say the same thing about Dylan Moses, same thing about Fidarian Mathis, same thing about Chris Allen. This 2017 class 
they came in with a lot of expectation, under some pressure, under a lot of responsibilities because you knew the talent in this class. You knew how special, how dominant this class can be. And uh, they are not going to have uh, the final chapter of their journey end uh, with our national championship. Keep in mind, it was this 2017 class that came off the bench as freshmen in the 2018 title game against Georgia and snatched victory from defeat. It was, you know, Tua Tagovailoa coming off the bench and Alex Leatherwood coming off the bench and Najee Harris coming off the bench and Henry Ruggs III, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith coming off the bench in a meaningful moment, meaningful game, big situation and was able to rescue the Crimson Tide to a national title as freshmen. Now these young men, juniors, seniors, they know what to expect. They know what's up. They know the magnitude of this game. You look at th three of the four permanent team captains for the Tide that were voted on by their peers, Mac Jones, Devontae uh, Smith, Alex Leatherwood, they know how big this moment is. Alex Leatherwood talked about it in the college football playoff semifinal game, you know, the week of that game against Notre Dame where he said this 2017 group is the greatest group of all time, in his opinion. And uh, even though the 2009 signing class was a part of three national championships, 2009, 2011, and 2012, their impact was felt more so greater 2011 and 2012. This 2017 group, after coming off the bench as freshmen to win a national title, they got a chance to end their tenure, end their career with a national championship. I do not think they're going to walk out this door without grabbing that. They are 100% focused on the task at hand. And then when you, when you look at Coach Saban, this is his second opportunity. Nick Saban has a second opportunity to have a team finish the season undefeated, untied, perfect. He has a chance to have his second perfect team. And most importantly, he's got a chance to win national title number seven to put him above Paul Bear Bryant and to have him number one immortality in college football. Nick Saban is staring that smack dab flat in the face. I think he is not having any type of distractions where his program is concerned because he knows what is at stake as well when you look at trying to have your second perfect undefeated team and trying to grab the seventh national title in his tenure. But folks, that's going to take us to our first break here on In My Own Words. Don't touch that dial. We are just getting started. Upon our return, we go to the phone lines where we entertain your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your questions, your concerns. We are back, baby, to start the new year In My Own Words. We'll be back after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. 
Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. We are back into the action here, folks, to start the new year, 2021, on the hottest show on the streets, the number one form for Crimson Tide football news in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have everybody tuning into the show on today. And before we take your phone calls, got to shout out the man, Jimmy Clay, baby. Jimmy Clay, pimp walking in here with that $20 donation via the Super Chats. Appreciate that love there coming from Jimmy Clay. But... We get into the phone lines here to take your calls, 205-448-1358. For number to call in to let your voice be heard. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. We take our first call of the evening. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Steven. This is Corey from Trustful. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, Corey, and yourself. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this national championship game. Uh, I think what's going to be key is how our Joe Moore Ward offensive line holds up against uh, Ohio State's defensive line to give Mac Jones protection. I think Chris Owens did a magnificent job, but it's going to be a much tougher task to ask him, but I think he's up to the challenge. And then secondly is, we have to be able to stop Trey Sermon from going off Ezekiel Elliott style because if he goes off, that'll set up the pass and run of Justin Fields. And I think we can take advantage of Ohio State secondary, but if we can block their defensive line, that'll open up Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. But it's going to be a great game, but I still think Alabama wants to get the job done, like you said. Send off this class the right way. Send off Steve Sarkeesian the right way and Nick Saban to get our national title number seven. But uh, what are your uh, early thoughts on the game? I like I like this matchup, Corey. I think it's going to come down to Bama's offensive line versus Ohio State's defensive front. If the Alabama offensive line can give Mac Jones time in that pocket and open up some holes there for Najee Harris, I think this Alabama offensive line will get that done. Defensively, if Alabama fits the runs well and is able to get the trace arm and before he gets going, as well as pressure Justin Fields in that pocket, I like what Bama can do. But we appreciate that call there coming from Corey to start the show off here. We got another, we got another call here coming in. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's going on, Steve? How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. I got a question for y'all ungrateful Alabama fans. How, what do you say, what do you think is going to happen when Ohio State beat y'all, or just to feel beat y'all in the national championship? What is next for Nick Saban? What's next for y'all offensive coordinator? Will y'all get rid of Pete Golden after this season, win or lose? What would be next for the Alabama Crimson Well, I mean, I look at this game. I look at this game here. Alabama handles Ohio State. Then you graduate Steve Sarkeesian on. 
Coach Saban continues to win as he's been, been doing here. As far as defensive coordinator, is Pete Golding the long-term answer? I don't think so. We will see what transpires after this game. But I think it's going to be a really good matchup between two story field programs. I'm looking forward to it. We appreciate the call. We take our next call of the night. You're live on the show. What's going on? Mr. Stephen Smith, it's Ballard Sports Media. How you doing tonight, man? What's up, Sign Nation? Doing good, man. Doing good. Happy to be back, man. Enjoyed the Christmas. Enjoyed the New Year holiday. Uh, enjoyed covering the Rose Bowl, but happy to be back uh, talking tied football with everybody. Yeah, man. It's good to it, it's good to see the Tide come off a really good win Friday night against um, Notre Dame. And uh, you know, I, I I got a couple things I want to say. I'll go ahead and get into Sarkeesian. I saw some stuff the other day where when he took that job, first off, a couple weeks ago, he was considered <laughs> for the Auburn job, which would have been a nightmare for Bama fans. Now they're upset. Now, not all of them, obviously. I'm sure everyone is looking. They should be looking at Sarkeesian and saying, you know what? He's an offensive-minded coach. Everything he's done for Alabama, we don't want to see him go. But at the same time, we need to support this guy and realize that he is worthy of being a head coach somewhere. And so, uh, you know, we wish him the best of luck and everything. And I think – I don't want to sit here and say we'll get a better coordinator because it's really hard. It'll be hard to get a better coordinator, but we'll be just fine. We got Bryce Young next year, you know? I mean, coaching to me, Ballard, has always been a fraternity. The coaches treat it as a fraternity, and I've said this before, every assistant coach aspires to be a head coach at some point in time, and when you've tasted being a head coach before, and when it's pulled away from you, whether it's by your own doing or different situations and circumstances, at some point, you want to be a head coach again, so I'm happy for Coach Sark. I wish the best for Sarkeesian, and I, but once again, I feel like this will not be a distraction for him because he's trying to win this national championship with the tie. But we appreciate that call coming in there from Ballard Sports Media. Always appreciate the love from him. We got another call coming in. You're live on the show. What's going on? Man, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. What's on your mind? Man, I just want to go back to a past sense call that we had at the beginning of the season. We were talking about how the season was going to go, and, man, I, I didn't expect all this. We got Najee jumping over full-grown men. We got one-handed catches in the Valley. This has been awesome, man. I mean, it, it's been awesome, and what's even more interesting is Jalen Waddle was back at practice. So imagine if that young man is able to play in a national championship game. I've said it from the day from from the game where he got hurt. Um, I thought it was a was a freak accident and think he was coming back, but you know, average heel time for a broken bone is six weeks, and I think he just had a fracture. So I expect him to play. There's a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, don't hurt your draft stock," but Jalen Waddle's a team player, man. He wants to get out there, and I know he wants to win another national championship. 
really hoping that that young man is able to play because the push he has made, the progress he has made in his rehab, uh, he's practicing starting today and throughout the remainder of the week. So hopefully he'll be able to progress and move and really excited to see if Jalen Waddle can get on this field. We appreciate that call coming in right there. We take our next call of the evening. You're live on In My Own Words. Happy New Year. What's going on? Hey, Stephen, what's going on, bro? This is Rich. How are you? Coach Rich, what's happening with your man? Oh, not a whole lot. I was going to hit on the coaching thing, but I, I really ain't going to because you and everybody knows who I want back. All I'm going to say is just they need to sign a big contract to them so they can get them because it's possible. But anyway, who, you know, who wouldn't want to come to Alabama? Look at, look at the recruiting class that we got this year. I mean, you could probably put them boys on the field next year, and if you lose many games, it wouldn't be but one or two. But anyway, uh, I just heard that was going to be what I asked you about Waddle. And you just said he's back practicing. Uh, so, you put him on the field. I've said this all year. It's unfair. to I don't give a damn who it is. It's unfair when you put Waddle, Devontae, you know, uh, Mechie healthy, everybody, you know, uh, Slade, he'll be there. Najee is playing just extraordinary. He's mad because he didn't get in top four, in which I guarantee you everybody – that had a Heisman vote and anything to do with it after they seen Kyle Trask play that game uh, where they lost tragically, that they would have took that back and put him in. But uh, it, it, we, I, I expect it to be a game to where uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I hope we blow them out and make them cry like they did Clemson. I didn't see that one coming. I thought Clemson was better, but when a team don't play the six games, you know, it's, it's hard to you know really make a game plan for them. But uh, we're going to be ready, and I expect the national championship. Saban, one thing he's always done is made the right adjustments, and uh, he's going to make sure he wins this one. Whether it's his last one or one out of four, whatever, he, he is, he, he's going to make sure we get this one. Absolutely. Appreciate that call coming in there from Coach Rich, man. Rich out of Roanoke. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing this matchup between Alabama and Ohio State. Set for January 11th, which is next Monday, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Be sure, people, to call back in in the second call segment, which is coming up in about 10 minutes. Call back in that second call segment coming up in about 10 minutes or hold through uh, the break as well. We're going to go to a quick topic here. Before we, take our, before we take our break here, and the quick topic, Alabama closing in on five unanimous All-Americans. Closing in on having five unanimous All-Americans, those names being Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Alex Netherwood, Patrick Sotan II, and Landon Dickerson. Four of five selectors have named them to a first-team All-America team. Now, the final selector remaining is the Walter Camp Football Foundation. If the Walter Camp Football Foundation names the five guys I just mentioned to a first-team All-America slot, then those five names, Netherwood, Dickerson, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, and Patrick Sertan II will be unanimous All-Americans for the Crimson Tides. The Tide inching closer to five unanimous All-Americans for this season but we take our next break here on the show upon our return we sit down with former Alabama wide receiver Mac Herford and the uh, need scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA Justin Smith to talk tight football right after this you know 
know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now, you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth-quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. The good Lord allowed us to make it through 2020. It is 2021 New Year, baby. New Year, but bringing you the hottest form of Crimson Tide football information in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have everybody tuning in to tonight's show. And uh, we're going to go right now. Well, before we go to the In My Own Words hotline, be sure to like the show up. Like the show up. Give a thumbs up on the show. Hit that subscribe button. Turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best and alerts, news, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. But now we go to the In My Own Words hotline. We pick up a good friend of mine, former Alabama wide receiver Mac Herford, who played from 2016 to 2019, two-time SEC champion, 2017 college football playoff national champion. Mac, you are in here. Happy New Year, my man. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year, Stephen. I'm so happy to be on the show. Always love uh, getting to be a part of it and just talk Alabama football. Absolutely. Well, Mac, we we, we jump right into this question right now. Uh, The news came out. Saturday after the the Rose Bowl, Steve Sarkeesian accepting the head coaching job to the University of Texas. Now, he did state how he is committed to the University of Alabama. Coach Saban brought him here for a reason. He wants to finish the job and win the national championship next Monday against Ohio State. Uh, do you see uh, – for, for you, Mac – with the way Steve Sarkeesian prepares, do you see this as not being a distraction, him taking the head coaching job at Texas? Do you see this not being a distraction for him in his preparation to try to win the national championship? Uh, that's number one. And then, you know, number two, how proud are you of Sarkeesian to get the head coaching job at Texas? Yeah, so to, to answer your first question, I, I really, truly don't think it'll get in the way of things. Uh, I think that, you know, fans shouldn't worry too much about the situation because, you know, Sarkeesian was an unbelievable and is an unbelievable just, you know, offensive coordinator, uh, football mastermind, and extremely happy that he's going to Texas and that he got that job. But, you know, the guys, the impact on the guys, for example, we don't really know uh, about the coaching changes and things until it really – is in the news. Like when the fans know about it, a lot of times they keep us pretty, you know, just out of the know with that. I feel like, 
which is what most people wouldn't like, you know, think. Um, but for, for coach Sark, you know, he's going to do his job. I think that he's got a lot on the line. Um, you know, all the eyes are on him. He's got to do a great job to finish out the season strong. Uh, he really cares for a lot of these players and a lot of these guys. And, you know, he's got that new program that he's going to start working with, but, uh, I'm sure that he'll put, you know, all of his effort and time into making sure that this team is ready to win this national championship. And, you know, so I don't think it's a big worry. And from the player standpoint, like I said, it's just players realize that coaches get opportunities um, as they also get opportunities. Uh, and, you know, the tide just keeps rolling. Saban keeps the process going. Uh, there's just tons of times. I mean, I've been through, when I was there, I went through four offensive, or three offensive coordinators and four uh, different wide receiver coaches um, and all these changes. But if you look at it, things still move the the you know the tide still rolls on um just because of Saban's process and telling the guys look we got to get back to work um and he's going to find someone who's going to be able to do the job you know um and fill that spot so I don't think that it's a concern going to the national championship game uh I think that he'll do a great job finishing out the season um and you know I'm actually just super excited for coach Stark he's a great guy uh really enjoyed learning under him and had a way of really teaching the game um, for, you know, everyone to understand it um, and really enjoyed being around him at Alabama. So I'm, I'm extremely excited for him to get that job and can't wait to see what he does there. No, Mac, I, I want to keep that conversation right there because you brought something up right, right just then. And it's, to me, when uh, every time an assistant and coach or a top coordinator leaves Alabama for a different job, quite naturally – the media's freaking out. Fans are wondering, you know, why we lost that coach, why we couldn't keep him, why they don't want to be at Alabama, what's going on. You have a lot of this commotion. But from talking with you and a lot of other either current players or former players, there is just this calmness that, yes, we lost this coach, but Coach Saban's still here. He's been doing this for 14 years. He's been doing it for a long time. Why do I need to be worried? Coach Saban's here. He knows what's up. He's going to get the right guy in here. Talk about what has developed just that calmness that it doesn't matter who leaves. Y'all have that trust that Saban's going to get the right guy in here. Don't worry. Don't get overly concerned. Don't get overly anxious. What has caused that calmness to be developed within the players that even though we love this assistant coach, even though we have grown to like him, he leaves, we know Saban's got us. Yeah, well, you know, most times when something happens, and like I said, a lot of times we find out uh, around the same time as the media. Um, and a lot of us are shocked. And, you know, first reaction is like, darn, we're going to, you know, we kind of may immediately panic, you know, for the first couple of seconds. But we get back to reality. We get back in the practice facility. We sit up in the meeting room. Coach Shaven comes in like he always does. Um, and, you know, just tells us, look, guys, like this happened. You know, that's over now. And now we got a, a game to win. We got practices to have. We got to do this. We got stuff we got to do. Um, and, guys are okay with that because if you just look at history coach Saban's been able to do it I mean the only one I would have thought would have really you know the one I was worried would impact Alabama is Scott Cochran I really thought that you know the impact he had was so big on the players not just with uh you know strength and and speed and working out and, and things like that but just keeping the team together and being just you know a universal plug to the whole thing I thought after he was gone you know that would be a lot of players kind of were worried at the first week or so 
But like I said, Saban, Coach Saban does a really good job of, you know, telling us how the process works, telling us to trust him. Um, and the guys do that. We all, we all trust his process and it's shown to work over and over again. Um, and so when you have that success, guys are not worried. We just go back and we do our job. And if you're focused, like he's like coach says on your job, doing your job, being the best football player you can be, um, and worrying about that then the other things fall into place. So just the, the, the things he tells us over time, the speakers he brings in, um, with the universal message of this process, uh, that he always speaks about and just, you know, the way he portrays each event really makes it feel like, you know, it's sad. We, you know, we're going to miss somebody, but at the end of the day, the tide, like I said, is going to keep rolling. Last quick one here from our, from our, from our in here, Mac, and it's, you've got a chance to play with both of these two individuals and that being Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, the Heisman Memorial presentation of a trophy is presented on tomorrow. That being Tuesday, uh, 6 PM central time on ESPN. Uh, if you had a Heisman vote, who would it go to of these two? And, uh, just kind of talk about what these two young men have meant to this program and have meant to you as one of these two is going to walk home with this Heisman tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very tough, uh, tough question. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I can give you a one or the other answer that you might want to hear, but I can just tell you that both of them are deserving uh, of that trophy. And you both have such unique stories. I mean, you look at Mac Jones. Um, from the beginning of this season, I thought he was going to get the Heisman. I wanted him to get the Heisman. And it's just been so much fun to see the process of him coming in, him being this quarterback that no one thought would be any good at Alabama. And he ends up working his way up, putting in work when no one else is, grinding and grinding, never giving up, having adversity, and facing all of it, getting his chance, and you know, really balling out, improving all the haters wrong. Um, and so just his story and, and the way he's acted and been a positive impact on others throughout his time. Um, and then just the, his performance speaks for itself, but seeing all that, it would be awesome to see him win the Heisman. Um, you know, on the other hand, it would be awesome to see Schmitty win the Heisman too, because you have a guy who's made an immediate impact. He's got a crazy, awesome story where came in, had that championship ball he caught, um, in the Georgia game. Um, you know, and then, continues to be a strong and crucial impact player on our team and like has the option to leave last year, which I think he very well could have and possibly been a first rounder, but stays and pursues to, you know, just his degree and being on the, you know, the Crimson Tide and finishing out a part of the team. And to do that and come back and really make a statement like he has makes for an amazing story too. So you can't really go wrong, um, you know, personally, I would be so happy for either of them to win it. Um, and then when you look at the numbers, both of them have put up massive numbers, have done a great job on the field performance-wise. So the argument there is, I mean, it's hard to tell. It really is. It'll be interesting to see who, you know, comes out with it. But I just think it's it'll be special to see how the guys, um, you know, treat each other and act. And I, I know both of them will be happy for the other one um, who gets it and, you know, have worked so hard to get that. So, 
I can't Alabama wait to looking see, forward um, to getting its third Heisman winner in program history, joining the likes of Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. Comes down between Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. The Heisman Trophy presentation on tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Central Time via ESPN. But we're joined live by Mac Hertford, former Alabama wide receiver, played from 2016 to 2019, two-time SEC champion, 2017 college football playoff national champion, Mac, we appreciate you, man, coming on here, talking Crimson Tide football with us, sharing some of your experiences. My man, you take you take care. Stay safe out there. Thanks so much, Stephen. I'll uh, be in, in Miami to cheer the Tide on and can't wait to uh, reconnect with y'all soon. Roll Tide, everybody, and stay safe. Absolutely. Got, got, got to probably find a way to meet Mac down there in Miami, man. Mac Herford, man, great dude right there. But we continue with the phone lines because now we pick up Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Justin, man, how you feeling? Happy New Year to you. What's going on? Happy New Year to you as well, Stephen. I'm doing pretty good. Outstanding. Well, Justin, we get into the conversation right now, and you know as well as I do, the first topic was, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, of course, taking the uh, the head coaching job at the University of Texas now. Of course, uh, much of the work for the 2021 recruiting class is already done, uh, going back to the um, early signing period back in December to end last year. But with Sark taking the Texas job here, Upon the, upon the end of the national championship game, uh, does this affect Alabama in recruiting, in your mind, Sark taking the Texas job? Well, I definitely think it could impact the Todd future recruiting efforts. Of course, like you said, the 2021 recruiting class pretty much put together their last couple of targets are mostly defensive targets outside of Brian Thomas, the four-star wide receiver out of Louisiana. So I think as far as the 2021 recruiting class is concerned, I don't think Sarkeesian's departure will have an impact. I think his impact will most likely be felt in the 2022 recruiting class. And you can see that by judging the guy's reaction of hear- about hearing the news of Steve Sarkeesian departing from Tuscaloosa to go to Texas. When I talked to 2021 guys, they're the same, I pretty much got the same response. And that, that response was, it is part, it's part of the business. We have to continue to move forward. We know we have to adjust. It is just part of the game. But when you talk to the 2022 recruits, they are anxious. They're anxious to see who Alabama hires as their offensive coordinator. But they are also anxious to see what Sarkeesian will do in Tuscaloosa because he is a great offensive mind, as one recruit told me, actually a four-star wide receiver in the 2022 recruiting class and Shaz Preston, who actually just released a top 10 and included the Tide in the Longhorns. So it definitely could have an impact when it comes to the future recruiting class and comes to those 2022 um, recruits, especially at the quarterback position because Steve Sarkeesian works with the quarterbacks. And the Tide's quarterback offer list in the 2022 recruiting class is pretty extended. It's a lot of great talent on that list, and Todd is looking to add an elite quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class because Nick Saban wants to bring in a quarterback in each class. So I am excited and interested, interesting in seeing the way these 2022 quarterbacks handle the Steve Sarkeesian situation. If you're just tuning in here, folks, to the show, in my own words, we've got 
the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, Justin Smith, on the phone lines right now. So, Justin, um, after the well, after the first 24 guys signed their national letters of intent, and it was the 22 guys that we knew would sign, and Alabama was able to flip two guys over from LSU in Keanu Coat, and then also JoJo Earl. But after that, Alabama was able to bring in a five-star running back in Kamar Wheaton from the state of Texas. Alabama really didn't need a running back in this class because of um, you You would return a healthy Trey Sanders. Keegan Robinson could come back. You would have Jace McClellan, Roy Dell Williams, Kyle Edwards, a very extended running back room, and especially if Brian Robinson takes advantage of the COVID year and comes back next season. So you, you've already have a pretty deep, uh, extensive running back room, but – Nick Saban sees the talent of Kamar Wheaton and says, I can't say no to this. So he signs that young man for 2021. Uh, what makes Kamar Wheaton so special and how and, and what caused the tie to not turn down this opportunity, even with having such a, a huge loaded running back room? Well, well, I think it, it was definitely uh, Wheaton's talent. I don't think the tie was going to just pull in any running back. Because of the information that you just said, they do have a loaded running back room. They are expected to continue to have a loaded running back room next season. So they did not need a running back in the 2021 recruiting class. But when it comes to a talent like Kamar Wheaton, you cannot say no to him. We are, we are talking about a kid with a lot of speed, runs with toughness. He is patient when he gets the handoff. So he has great vision. He, allow, he allows his blocks develop and he can explode into the open field as well so he's a kid with a lot of natural speed has great top end speed and he has developed that speed as a track athlete because during his early early part of his career even as a middle schooler he was more of a speed type of running back a guy who had natural speed who was able to outrun a lot of guys but as he has continued to, to develop his running back coach in Garland, Texas, at Lake Drew Centennial High School, and Torrance Ross actually told me that he has just continued to be more of a running back who can be elusive in the open field, not just relying on that speed. Of course, it is great to have that speed. It's great to be able to outrun guys, but sometimes you have to adjust in the open field. You have to control your speed a little bit to make guys miss in the open field. He has continued to develop that. So this is a guy with a lot of natural speed, a kid, a kid who runs through a lot toughness now as he, as he has continued to develop into more of a tough tougher running back so I think it, it, it is because of his talent that made the tie want to add him after a 2021 running back now Justin what made the state of Texas in your mind such a priority to Alabama in this recruiting cycle because of the 25 you know signees for the tide six to seven maybe even eight of these names come from the state of Texas, when you look at the Brockemeyer boys and Kendrick Blackshear and Jalen Milrow and JoJo Earl and Kamar Wheaton, just so many big talents coming from the Long Star State, the state of Texas. What in your mind made that area the most, the biggest priority for Coach Saban and his staff in this recruiting cycle? Well, I think the state of Texas is usually a pretty it's pretty high on the ties board when it comes to the states that they are recruiting, just based off the talent 
the state usually produces. But I also think it is a combination of the Todd's coaching staff, too, because you look at Jeff Banks, he's so well-known inside the state of Texas. He has developed some great relationships with coaches, high school coaches inside the state as well. So relying on the Todd's assistant coaches like Jeff Banks and also Carl Scott with their familiarity with the Texas area. I think the Tide has been able to just lean on that and just looking at the talent that was there inside the state. There was a lot of talent that you just needed needed and wanted to go after. Looking at the Brockermeyer twins, you wanted to go after both guys because you could get two of the top offensive linemen in the nation in a package deal, basically. Then you, have, then you look at Jaden Roberts, our North Shore High School, the Tide pulled in his teammate in the 2020 recruiting class, former teammate in Damian George. You're also looking at look at Kamar Wheaton. As I said, he is a talent that you could not just pass up. Looking at Jojo Earl, the more I watch his film, the more impressed I am. A kid who's very elusive in the open in, in the open field can really make lateral adjustments in mid stride. When I got an opportunity to talk with this trainer and a former NFL wide receiver in margin hooks, he told me that he feels Jojo could possibly play early at the next level. A lot of people look at his size as possibly a knock on his game, but Hooks told me that he feels that Earl has great size. He just needs to add on strength. So the talent was definitely there inside the state of Texas like it usually is. I think it, I think it, I think it's also a combination of that and the way the Todd's coaching staff has been able to recruit that state. He's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Join us here on this show for talk for 2021 recruiting cycle and recruiting class. And uh, with Steve Sarkeesian's move to take the head coaching position at the University of Texas, how much would this affect the tide here on that recruiting trail? But Justin, man, always happy to have you on to give your to get your expertise, your knowledge of what's going on in the recruiting world of things. You continue to stay safe, man. Be good. Take care out there. You do the same, Steven. Happy to be able to talk with Justin Smith and also my man Mac Herford, former Alabama wide receiver, played from 2016 to 2019, talking some Crimson Tide football. But we take another break here on the show. Upon our return, we dive back into the phone lines to entertain your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your texts, your chats, your super chats. We get back to a dialogue with you, the Alabama football fan base, right after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw the foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Happy New Year, everybody. We are back rocking and rolling here, folks, from the break on the hottest show on the streets. The number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news have been in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we jump back into the, into the phone lines to take your calls, got to remind you of our latest sponsor, MyBookie.ag. That is MyBookie.ag. You feeling lucky, you feeling like you, you want to make yourself some money, you want to cash in, you feel like you got the skills to pay the bills in terms of making those bets, you got to check out MyBookie.ag. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie.ag. And when you do, when you do sign up, use the promo code TDAlabama to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. You can't beat that with a stick. So check out mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. Get your win on there right there. Latest sponsor to Touchdown Alabama Magazine. We also got a couple of super chests to shout out right now. How about Road Tide and Roz Up? Donating that $20. We have a super chest. Appreciate that love there from Road Tide and Roz Up. And then Willie351 donating that $777. We have a super chest. So appreciate the love there from Road Tide and Roz Up. And also my man Willie351 for showing us that support right there. But we dive back into the phone lines now, taking your phone calls, 205-448-1358. For number two, call in to let your opinion be known on the show, 205-448-1358. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. We take our call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? Smith? What's going on? Hey, I wanted to talk about the uh, the defensive line play versus the Notre Dame game. And I uh, wanted to give a shout-out to DeMarco Heller. I felt like he had a great game. Let DeMarco well played well. Uh, De- De- uh, DeMarco Heller's played very well, absolutely. Played well. But you know what I was thinking? I think uh, it's time for them to go ahead and demote uh, their number three and, and just go ahead and just keep him on the bench for a little while. You might as well let Heller play because the way he played, man, he can tackle, he can cover, he didn't miss any tackles. And I also wanted to bring up uh, uh, the nose guard. He kept getting pushed off the ball a lot. I noticed, you know, uh, against Notre Dame. And I think against Ohio State, you know, they might have to let Christian Barmer play a little bit more, you know. Uh, I'm going to say this. Keep Christian Bar- keep, keep Christian Barmore at defensive end. Take Tim Smith, the freshman. Put Tim Smith at nose guard. Alabama is getting way more of a push with Tim Smith, through what's getting with DJ Dale, and then uh, going back to DeMarco Hellams, I agree with you. I would have him over Daniel Wright because DeMarco Hellams, a thicker build, uh, can play in coverage. To me, he's a more disciplined Landon Collins. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I was going to, uh, you know, I read an article they were talking about uh, Dylan Moses. And you remember when they had, uh, we could take uh, 58 and put a, uh, we could put uh, uh, Mosley on the outside and just let him rush the passer against Ohio State instead of just having uh, him covering the running back side of the backfield. And you could just bring somebody else in or drop the safety down to, to really, really help, you know, because Ohio State loves to throw it out to the running back. They love to use the tight ends across the middle. And that just, that's the only thing you're not worried about. I think the biggest thing there to me, I think the biggest thing there, man, to me, I would I would take Will Anderson 
and have Will Anderson, number 31, spy Justin Fields is every move. Have Will Anderson spy Fields. And then just and then just in terms of stopping the running back out the backfield, I would look at maybe a Christian Harris doing that. But definitely appreciate that call there coming in to the show. We got another call coming in right now. You're live on the show. What's going on tonight? Hey Steve, it's Jack. It's New Jack. How are you doing? New Jack City, what's going on, man? All man roll tide, that's what's going on. How you feeling tonight, man? Yeah. I feel all right. A little nervous calling the show, but I'm so happy to hear your voice. You know what? I've had a a great holiday season, had a great time covering the Rose Bowl, but it's always a joy getting a chance to talk uh, to the Alabama faithful out there. I tell you, I was a little bit starved while you were gone, really. Well, you know what? We we are happy to be back to keep you from not being starved. (laughs) You know, Steve, I, I really want, you know, I want to weigh in on the show specifically. I think it's a little bit over three years I've been, uh, you know, acquainted with your show. And, you know, the, the audio has really gotten better. Justin Smith really makes the show awesome. You know, getting uh, former players on and stuff. It's it, It's got the best Alabama content. You're enthusiasm uh the knowledge of the callers on x's and o's and you know i'm just a fan not a player but you know the way that you you really get down and you talk about specific players you you call out their names which is not something you would hear on other shows very much like fine bomb you know you 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 give the players something to listen to i think if the players are listening to a show they're listening to this YouTube channel. That's what I would say. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, you know, the best rock and roll group ever, the Blue Wrenches. I love the Blue Wrenches. Everybody listen up to, you know, the the bumper music between breaks. I love the way you sell the swag. Uh, I'm so happy we get to face off with Ohio State instead of Trevor Lawrence. I'm so happy that uh, Georgia's from their number one recruiting class in 2017 has made it to the college championship. Too bad not as a dog. Uh, let's let's bring on the Buckeyes. Let's have a classic. Let's battle it out. Let's let's show them what Roll Tide is about. Let's get number six for Nick. You know, uh, Roll Tide, Stephen. I, I'll shut up. I'll let you do your thing. Roll Tide. Appreciate that call. They're coming from New Jack, from, from New Jack right there. Very enthusiastic, energetic call. Love that call right there. We take another call here on the show. You're live on In My Own Words. What's happening today? Hey, man. What's going on, Steve? Doing good, yeah, man. Doing rock. good. Uh, having, a, having a great new year thus far. Enjoyed the Christmas holiday season. Of course, Christmas is, compa- is compound with my sister's birthday, so I had to buy Christmas gifts and birthday gifts, but I'm okay. <laughs> I'm sure she expects both. <laughs> she did. She, she, she absolutely did. Hey, uh, yeah, this uh, Sarkeesian news, is, I feel like if the time it was really, really bad, you know, we was hoping to get to make it through. I thought we might have to be lucky with Sarkeesian and that, you know, signing day went by and he, hadn't, he was, still wasn't a head coach anywhere. 
So I thought we might have been good until next year because I figured they're going to make name of the coaches for some team. They would have done it during recruited during the recruiting how to recruit season. But I guess uh, when uh, Urban Meyer turned out took too long to turn down Texas, and so then they went to Sarkeesian because there's no way he could turn down Texas. So it's it was a bad time for bad time for Alabama. I guess a great timing for him. Uh, Ohio State looks uh, they look uh, they look good in the uh, last game against Clemson, though I think Fields is. Ribs may be hurting them more than he's letting than they're letting on. I think it, I think he's going to have an issue with that uh, over the next several day, or several days. So, what do you think uh, with uh, who's going to win? Either Mac Jones or uh, or Devontae, which I'm pretty sure everybody's leaning Devontae. I mean, th- this is th- this is so hard for me because I've been around both guys a lot, <laughs> like an awful lot. Mac uh, Mac Jones has the journey of a story where people doubted him preseason. I can't. I was, I was telling folks the last two or two to three years that Mac had something cooking up, and I was beaten to death like a pinata. But Mac Jones has proven that you know he's the man. But at the same time, Cam Sims told me three to four years ago that Devontae Smith was going to be special, and lo and behold, look at Devontae Smith. Now I would give the award to Smitty just because of the fact that he's done it not only as a receiver but he's got a rushing touchdown. He's got a punt return touchdown. And when Jalen Waddle went down, the masses were saying, Bama's done. Jalen Waddle's hurt. There's no more explosive play for Alabama. And uh, the last eight games, uh, six of the last eight games uh, where Waddle did not play, Devontae Smith had over 100 yards receiving in six of those last eight games. So Smitty took his game to the next level with his teammate out. I like Smitty, but we appreciate that call right there. I think Smitty wins the Heisman. Uh, we continue with the call segment here on the night. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? This is Robbie from uh, Georgia. Long Robbie, what's going on, man? I got a couple of questions I wanted to – well, one of them's a statement, but the other one's a question. The Trey Sermons, what – what not Trey Sermons, uh, Trey Sanders, the Sanders, the running back, what happened to him? Good gracious, I'm just screwed up. The guy that got in the car wreck for Alabama, what happened to him? What is his injury? Trey Sanders had – Trey Sanders had a hip situation – it's not the same thing as what Tua Tagovailoa had. Thankful for that, but he 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 is rehabbing. He he is in rehab now. His rehab is going quite well, and he is very excited about being able to get back on the field and playing next year. So when he had the car accident in Florida, he had you know a little he had a little injury there to his hip, but he's okay. It's great. I I, I mean that kid has been through the ringer as far as injuries, but I, I know that when he couldn't help. But And my second thing was, is, is what has kept uh, Ben Davis off the field? I, I know that, of course, I know Will Anderson's, a, a man, man, he's he's close. I ain't going to say he's a uh, uh, the one that went to Kansas City that had such a great career. God, I'm losing his, his name right off the bat, but we're we we we're not going to say Derek Thomas yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Derek Thomas. I mean that that go, that tells you how long I go back with the tide. My brother has season tickets over there, and uh, 
run up and down the road with him when I when I can handle it. I think the biggest thing, though, man, with Ben Davis is uh, mentally, I, I always ask myself, does he want the game for himself or does he want the game because his father, you know, Wayne Davis, who was so great at Alabama, does he want the game because his dad played? And it, just to me, mentally, it's like, I don't know where Ben is. I, I can't even place Ben mentally. And, and it's sad because uh, all offseason it was, he was doing well, he was getting better, he was about to take a starting position. I don't know how he let that thing slip through his fingers, but it is what it is. But we appreciate the call, man. Definitely appreciate that call. We take another, we, we take another call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on tonight? Live on the show, Carl, what's going on? Well, we, we lost that call there. We got another call coming in. Okay, now we can hear you. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? This Turt Dog from Memphis, man. Oh, we got Turt Dog back in here. Hey, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to y'all, man. Happy New Year, Turt Dog. What's happening with you? Uh, not much, man. Uh, quick question, man. Um, what what we looking like against Ohio State, man? I like, I like Bama against Ohio State. J- Justin Fields is good. Justin Fields is good. But Alabama's got Barmore, it's got Will Anderson, it's got Chris Allen. They can they can hit that pocket. They can rough up Justin Fields a little bit. I don't think he's going to do much running if Alabama's able to put one or two good hits on him. The Alabama's offensive line just won with Joe Moore. That offensive line takes care of, the, of Ohio State's front. Max, Smitty, and Najee are going to have a big day. I like Alabama against Ohio State. I really do. I'm just a little bit nervous, man, because – you know, I know, but I know. Defense, man. I mean, they got Trey Sermon and Justin Field, man. So, 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 so here's the thing here. With Trey Sermon, the big thing here, you fit those run gaps before he gets going. You fit those gaps before he gets a forehead of steam, uh, meet him in the backfield, wrap up in the backfield. That's how you take care of Trey Sermon. But for Justin Fields, if Alabama can have Will Anderson spy Justin Fields, because one thing about Will, not only can he uh, go with the sideline speed, but he's got the lateral quickness to chase Justin Fields down. So if you take Will Anderson, spy Justin Fields, I think that's a good matchup there for the tie. We appreciate you, Turk Dog, man. You keep listening to us. Absolutely. We take our next call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? I got a couple questions I didn't get to touch with you earlier in the show, but I also wanted to ask you, what do you think about Jace McClellan's play this year and some of the new guys that are getting opportunities? Um, I've been very pleased with Jace. He's a speeding bullet. Been very pleased with the way Jace has played out there. Been pleased with Roydale Williams' play. Been pleased with been pleased with Malachi Moore's play. To me, he's defensive player of the year. Should have been SEC freshman of the year, if we're gonna make an argument there. Been pleased with him. Been pleased with Will Anderson. I really like what what Tim Smith and Jamil Burroughs have been able to do. I like what Brian Branch has brought. I mean, a lot of these young guys I've been thoroughly, thoroughly pleased with, but Will Anderson, Brian Branch, among others, really proud of them. But, man, appreciate that call right there. Definitely appreciate that call. We, so we, we appreciate everybody calling into the show. 
205-448-1358. Phenomenal to call in to let your voice be heard, give your opinion opinion on the show. 205-448-1358. Quick little topic here before we take our final break. How about Derrick Henry? How about Derrick King Henry just in his fifth year with the Titans in the NFL? He is putting up you no know, legendary numbers right now. He, he, he's, he becomes the eighth member, just the eighth member of the 2,000-yard rushing club, joining the likes of guys like O.J. Simpson and, uh, you know, guys like, well, O.J. Simpson, Adrian Peterson's in there. You got Eric Dickerson in there. You got Barry Sanders in there. Just huge legends, and Derrick Henry's name is listed among those guys. And it to me... He continues to just prove people wrong that thought his game would not work, his game would not transition to the next level, the NFL level. Derrick Henry, three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. He's the he's a back-to-back NFL rushing champion and a 2,000-yard back this year. Kudos to Derrick. He has taken the Tennessee Titans to an 11-5 record. It went, it won its first AFC South division title in 12 years. The last time the Titans won the AFC South was in 2008. Big ups to King Henry. 2,000-yard back. Hall of Famer in the making. Proud of Derrick Henry. We take our next break here on the show, but upon our return, we will wrap things up with my top five names that can potentially take over for the departed Steve Sarkeesian when you look at Alabama football down the road. We'll talk potential offensive coordinator suitors for Alabama right after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. We're back in the tidy up some loose ends here, folks, on the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Bama football news. That being in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And first and foremost, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. If you fancy the I love hearing Touchdown Alabama shirts, the We Want Football shirts, Let Them Play shirts, hoodies of all shapes, sizes, colors. Let us be your plug. Let us be your one-stop shop. 
for all of your Alabama football clothing, apparel, purchasing needs. TDAWear.com. That is TDAWear.com. Do your shopping there right now. Show them that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, for student athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But we get into now my top five potential suitors here to take over an offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide following the departure for uh, Steve Sarkeesian to the Texas Longhorns after the national championship game on next week between Alabama and Ohio State. Now, of course, on Sunday, we got the news of uh, Bill O'Brien, former NFL head coach and general manager Bill O'Brien, visiting the University of Alabama football campus. Now, for what reason was he visiting? That was not made known, but Bill O'Brien was on the campus of UA on Sunday visiting Coach Saban and the program. And then behind Coach O'Brien here, you've got Coach Adam Gase, who was recently let go or fired by the New York Jets. And there were some reports going out there that, you know, Alabama is entertaining the thought or the possibility of having Adam Gase with the program now. To me, if I was Coach Saban, the only reason why I would even entertain Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase is for offensive analyst purposes. Not offensive coordinator, but offensive analyst. And that's just due to, you know, Alabama already uh, losing Butch Jones to a head coaching job at Arkansas State. Also, Major Applewhite gone. A.J. Milwee, uh, A.J. Milwee, uh, Milwee, who is going to go to either uh, Arkansas State with Butch Jones or he'll possibly go with Steve Sarkeesian to the University of Texas. So I would bring in a Bill O'Brien or an Adam Gase in terms of just being an offensive analyst, not necessarily a coordinator. But if I had my choice of uh, my top suitors – for Alabama, that if you can get them Crimson Tide, get them. If you can make the phone call, Nick Saban, make the phone call. So from five to one, Stevens' top potential names here for suitors to be offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide. At number five, give me Andrew Souder. Andrew Souder at number five, the offensive coordinator at Kent State, the Golden Flashes. Now, of course, Kent State did not play just a whole bunch of games this season. They had about four to five games because of the COVID situation. But during those four to five games Kent State played in, they had the number one scoring offense in the country with Andrew Souder. Kent State averaged 49.8 points per game. Of course, Coach Saban uh, is, a, is an alumnus of Kent State University. He played football for Kent State. He was a graduate assistant at Kent State. So, uh, Bringing in a Andrew Souder from the from the alma mater of Nick Saban would be a pretty interesting move. Would be a pretty intriguing move. He's a young guy, innovative guy, creative guy. Once again, even though the Golden Flash has only played four to five games this season, forty nine point eight points per game they put. On the scoreboards, number five, I will look at Andrew Souder of Kent State, who specializes with quarterbacks and tight ends. At number four, give me Jeff Levy of Ole Miss. This is a very sneaky, good, quality, deceptive, underrated hire. If Coach Saber could bring this in, I really like Jeff Levy. And the reason why I do, he's been a, a little bit of everywhere in terms of developing talent. 
when you look at, you know, he went to Oklahoma, was a, was a quarterback or played for the Oklahoma Sooners there. Um, he played. He was a, his, his coaching career started off in terms of mainstream at Baylor. He was at Baylor for for nine seasons, 2008 to 2016. And during his time at Baylor, Jeff Levy, an offensive quality control coach, a running backs coach, a passing game coordinator, and an offensive recruiting coordinator, we're talking about. He produced three. He produced three. 3,000-yard passers, Robert Griffin III, Nick Florence, and Bryce Petty. We're looking at three 1,000-yard backs, Kendall Wright, Terrence Williams, Antoine Goodley. Well, five 1,000-yard receivers, Kendall Wright, Terrence Williams, Antoine Goodley, Corey Coleman, and Katie Cannon. Three 1,000-yard rushers in Lay Seastrunk, uh, Shock Linwood, and also Terrence Williams also. So you see the work there. They did there with the Bangor Bears. And then he goes to UCF, Central Florida, 2018 to 2019. He had the likes of, of a team that was went 22 and 4, of a team on average, averaged 43.3 points per game. He produced a 3,000 yard passer in Dylan Gabriel, a 1,000 yard rusher in Greg McCray, and a 1,000 yard receiver in Gabriel Davis. And so now at Ole Miss, He's got a 3,000-yard passer in Matt Corral. Not a lot of people were sold on Matt Corral, but Jeff Levy got Corral to pop. Corral completed 70.9% of his passes this season. He's also got a 1,000-yard receiver in uh, Elijah Moore. So Jeff Levy, to me, a deceptive, sneaky, good, underrated hire. If Alabama can pull it off with him, he would be my number four name. My number three name as far as a potential suitor, give me Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is not a stranger to the SEC. He has been here before in coaching Ole Miss from 2012 to 2016. He actually beat Nick Saban in two of those years, 2014 and 2015, with Bo Wallace in 2014 and Chad Kelly in 2015. With Hugh Freeze, he has produced five. He has produced quite a few 3,000-yard passers. When you look at Ryan Applin during his time at Arkansas State in 2011, a 3,000-yard passer. Of course, Bo Wallace, a 3,000-yard passer for Ole Miss in 2013 and also 2014. Chad Kelly, a 3,000-yard-plus passer in 2015. Even Stephen Calvert, a 3,000-yard passer last season in uh, – Hugh Freeze's first year at Liberty, Calvert, 3,663 passing yards. So we, we know what, what Hugh Freeze can do here with quarterbacks. We know what Hugh Freeze can do with wide receivers. He had Dwayne Frampton at Liberty. He had Laquan Treadwell at Ole Miss. He even had Antonio. Well he had, well, he had Dwayne Frampton at Arkansas State, excuse me. Laquan Treadwell at Ole Miss. And Antonio Gandy-Golden at Liberty. So he's also innovative. He is also creative. He's also somebody that loves to take shots downfield with his quarterbacks to these open receivers. He can um, balance out the run and pass game. And once again, when you talk Hugh Freeze, not a stranger to the SEC. He's been here before. From 2012 to 2016, he was the head coach at Ole Miss. Two of those years, beat Alabama, 
beat Coach Saban in the 2015 season. He guided Ole Miss to a 10-win campaign. So if you can make the call to Hugh Freeze, make the call to Coach Freeze. He would be my number three guy. My number two guy, give me um, – Give me Luke Getze. Give me Luke Getze, who is the passing game coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. He's got the Packers playing great football right now. And Luke Getze under Matt LaFleur, the Packers right now 13-3 on the season. They have locked up the number one overall seed in the NFC playoffs. We'll get that first round by. Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP right now. And it's because of Luke Getze. Aaron Rodgers, a 4,000-yard passer this season, 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns, just five picks. With Aaron Jones, the running back, a 1,000-yard guy, 1,104 yards, nine touchdowns. Devontae Adams playing sick, nasty, ridiculous out of his mind, 1,300 74 yards receiving for him, 18 touchdowns. The Packers this season averaging 31.8 points per game. That leads the NFL. Luke Getze is doing a fantastic job. The 36-year-old, young, savvy, confident, innovative. And Nick Saban, he likes those NFL guys that have college experience and are not afraid to recruit and are willing to recruit. And I feel like Luke Getze would be one of those guys that will be able to go out there, recruit. And could you imagine the Green Bay Packer offense being ran at the University of Alabama? That would be pretty sexy. That would be pretty cool there. So he would be my number two name, which would lead me to the number one name for me, the number one guy. And if I'm Nick Saban, I make the phone call, I go get this guy, and that's Joe Brady, who uh, was the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers this season. Things did not go according to plan for him, but we know what Joe Brady's capable of. In one season, he turned Joe Burrow from a sixth-round pick to the number one overall pick. In one season, he turned Joe Burrow from a no-name to a Heisman. In one year, he turned Joe Burrow from nothing to the freshest thing since Air Forces, the freshest thing since the stimulus check, the freshest thing since a newborn baby. I mean, Joe Brady turned Burrow into a superstar in one year, had him have the greatest college football season by a quarterback. When you look at Joe Brady, got Burrow to complete 70-plus percent of his throws for over 5,000 yards, 60 touchdowns, six to just six picks, a Heisman Trophy winner, and not just what he did with Burrow, what he did with Clyde Edwards-Elaire, a 1,000-yard back, made him a first-round pick. What he did with Justin, with Justin Jefferson made him a 1,000-yard receiver and a first-round pick. What he did with Jamar Chase made him a 1,000-yard receiver and the Belitnikoff Award winner. What he did with Terrace Marshall helped him catch 13 touchdown passes, set him up for success. What he did with Thaddeus Moss, Joe Brady did a whole lot of things in one year with that LSU football team. And if I'm Nick Saban, since he's on this list of potential suitors, if I can get him, get him, make that call, bring Joe Brady 
into the program. But that would be just you know, my five guys. Andrew Souder from Kent State will be the number five guy. Number four, Jeff Levy from Ole Miss. Number three, Hugh Freeze, the coach at Liberty. Number two, Luke Getze, the passing game coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And at number one, uh, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Those will be the five. If I'm Nick Saban, pick up the phone, baby. I know you're home, baby. I will make that call out to, uh, to one of those five guys. I, I would have all five in for an interview, definitely but I would hire any one of those five guys to be the next offensive coordinator here for the Crimson Tide. But as always, Bama fans, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program. Very simple and easy to do. You get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone for your audio and listening needs. We got you right here, iTunes or Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I look to return on Wednesday to continue the conversation that is Bama football. As always, folks, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. You can also copy that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of we own thefourthquarter.com. That link will be found in the description as well. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value those husbands. Children continue to do those things legitimately now to not be bored. Be sure to get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great lounges a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. It's the new year. Do good to yourself. Until next time, folks, so long, everybody. It's been in my own words.